Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of The Fraud Pod. I am your host, Frankie Rodriguez, a.k.a. Fraud, hence the name Fraud Pod, Fraud Pod Studios, owner, creator, curator, whatever you want to call me. Welcome back to a brand new episode. Happy to have you guys here, whether you're listening or watching on YouTube.com slash Fraud Pod Studios. It's always amazing um, seeing people watch uh, the content that I create. Um, And speaking of content that I create, I have collaborated with two new, three new people on two new shows that have just um, released, premiered on Fraud Pod Studios' YouTube channel. One is The Red Rum Den with your host, Rob Ciro, one of my great friends, um, my barber, also does a great job. Look at the fade. Nice. And that was a huge success. The first, uh, last week, uh, the the pilot episode that I was a guest on, definitely go check that out. And, um, as I'm recording this, uh, the second episode, AKA the first episode was also released. And then the second show is jocks of all trades, a live sports talk show, uh, which I think is really cool because I don't see a lot of those, um, being made. That's hosted by Andy Graziano and AJ Graziano, the father son duo, also great friends, Um, it's just really cool to expand the studio and expand the network. Um, because I don't know, I started doing this in 2018. I started the fraud pod. It was a lot of fun. I got to meet a lot of people. I had on a lot of different guests, people that I have known in the past, but didn't really get to know until they were on the show. Um, some people I didn't know at all, just strangers that were able to, we were able to just you know, talk for an hour and a half and, and learn about each other and have a good time. And that was fun for a couple of years. And then, uh, chumming for sharks with my good friend, Sean Sharkey, that show is kind of on the back burner right now, by the way, because he is a father. Um, and you know, I mean, where do you find the time? You, you, you can't, especially since he's, you know, he's pretty far from me about 40 minutes. So he'd have to drive up here, but that show is just on the back burner. You know, once the baby starts, I don't know, growing up, We'll definitely have that show back on. Um, but right now, the lineup is The Fraud Pod, which is my show, Mondays, Monday mornings. Tuesdays, when it is back, is going to be Chumming for Sharks, Tuesday mornings. And then Thursdays, we have Thursday morning. A new episode of The Red Rum Den will always be premiering. And then Thursday nights at 6.30 Eastern Standard Time, you have Jocks of All Trades, the live sports show on twitch.tv slash jocks of all trades. And it's just exciting. You know, like it's, it's, I finally feel like I'm growing something. Um, cause again, going back to when I started the show, I just really wanted to have a show and, and I loved podcasting, but I felt like there could always be more. And I feel like I'm treading in the right direction with this because I have a good group of people behind me and working with me. And I just feel like this could be something very special. So I just need your guys' support as much as possible. If you can like this video, if you could like other videos, if you could watch other videos all the way through, comment, share, tell your mom, tell your grandmother. I mean, we just want to have a good time. On all of these shows, it's all about having a good time. You know, the Fraud Pod's more comedy, lifestyle, laid back. Chumming for Sharks is definitely just crazy, hot takes, comedy, and insanity. The Red Rum Den is obviously your blood, murder, gore, shocking stories, uh, true crime with Rob. And then you got a little bit of sports at the end of the week. You know, Thursday nights, you get to kick back and 
recap the the NFL, NHL, MLB, NBA, everything under the sun. So I think we got a good thing going here, and I just really appreciate it. I want to thank everyone who made the launch of Jocks of All Trades and the Red Rum Den such a success because it's just really cool. And and I I mean, I have so many plans and I have so many things in my brain that I want to expand to. Like one of the big things I was thinking about is like people don't realize, like I I have a full-time job. This has been my part-time slash full-time like just passion to create shows and and content and edit and produce and host and it takes a lot and it, and and um you know I do this out of my house like this 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 room is is one of my one of my extra bedrooms in my house and it's a full-time studio right now so you know eventually when I do have children I can't have a studio in my house as much as I would love to you know the commute's pretty easy but it's like I can't just be in my house uh having four different shows here and having different guests because you also have to think about it this way. Like, you know, Rob wants to have a bunch of guests on, which is awesome. I want to have a bunch of guests on for Rob. I know that'll grow the show, but then I have to think, okay, well now I'm having, now I'm having strangers in my home, you know? And I'm not really like a paranoid person like that, but like, I also like my personal privacy my personal space. And then jocks of all trades. I mean, they're not really going to have guests on, but you have to think, you know, they're over once a week, you know? Uh, Sean doesn't really come over for the chummy for sharks anymore, but, and then there's my show, which isn't a problem because I live here, but essentially one of my biggest goals for hopefully the end of this year, if everything goes great or, you know, early next year would be to move everything out of my home into a remote studio that is close by so that all the shows can just run smoothly together on a nice schedule and build an even bigger team that can help me with the workload because I got to edit three different podcasts uh, a week. So again, it's, you know, home from my nine to five and then it's just grinding, grinding, grinding to create content and clips and shows. And listen, I'm not, I'm not crying. What was me? I mean, it's my passion. It's why I do it. If I didn't want to do it, there wouldn't be any shows. So it's as simple as that. But I just want you guys to know, I really do appreciate your support, the ones who are supporting right now. And if you could just share, you know, to one person, it would mean the world to me. And I know it would mean the world to Rob and Andy and AJ and Sean. And it just, um, I'm excited. I'm very excited. Kind of nervous, you know, you'd never know what the, what the future brings, but it's one of those things where I'm very, uh, I feel like you just have to take it day by day and just roll with the punches and. You know, as long as you keep your head down and you work hard, I know it's cliche, but like, I feel like you earn what you put in. But today's episode is going to be kind of a little bit all over the place. Obviously, it's solo, just me. I got a couple guests lined up for the month of October. We're going to have Michelle, um, our favorite dietitian. She's going to be back on to talk to us about uh, how we can be healthy because I think we all suck at being healthy. I think we all can agree on that. And then I'm going to have a new um, comedian on that's actually a fan of the Fraud Pod show. And let me just get her full name because I really don't want to mess it up. Andrea Pranzatelli is going to be coming on October 24th. I'll put her Instagram up here. She's really cool. She's a comedian, local comedian. Um, she works her ass off and I think I'm very excited to meet. This is going to be the first time meeting her. Um, and we're going to learn a little bit about each other on the show, which should be fun. And then I will also go on her podcast, but today we're going to be talking about just a couple different things. Um, stuff that's on my mind, just stuff that's happened 
recently since the last episode because I think it's been a couple weeks. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was, and it's really been bothering me. Last week, my wife and I, we went to the movies. Now, I am not a fan of movie theaters. I cannot stand them. Actually, when the pandemic hit, I was happy. I wasn't happy that the pandemic hit. I was happy that we got to all stay home and chill in our little bubble because I'm not a fan of people. I'm actually a very anxious person. Um, even though I'm kind of outgoing and I'll, I can talk to a wall, I still get very anxious. And um, and going to the movies was one of the things I really didn't like. I didn't be. I didn't like being in like big crowds. And I just remember like every time you go to see a movie, no matter what, there's always a group of people that are just screaming or laughing and giggling or yelling or like just being so annoying during the movie. And I just, I've realized now that I'm getting older, maybe I'm an old man at 27, but it's such a rude thing to do. Like we're all here. We all spent money and now it costs like $35 per ticket to go to the movie theater, which is ridiculous. And then you got to spend another $38 on popcorn and soda. And they, they check your bags now. So you can't sneak in Twizzlers and your you know, in your ass crack. You can't, you know, they pat you down at the, at the entrance. It's just such a rude thing to do. And I thought, I was like, you know what? Maybe it's over. Maybe that era of being just flat out disrespectful and rude in, in a, in a movie theater is gone. So we went to go see Dear Evan Hansen. Now, if you don't know what Dear Evan Hansen is, first of all, started on Broadway about three years ago, I believe, maybe four years ago, 2017, starred Ben Platt, talented, talented young man. He's my age, I believe, maybe a year younger, 26, 27. You might know him from Pitch Perfect. He was the awkward, weird character that sang at the end. When this, I Beck and I saw it on Broadway two or three years ago, it wasn't Ben Platt playing uh, Evan Hansen, it was... Oh, Noah, his boyfriend, actually, I believe. Noah Galvin, I believe. I'm sorry if I got that wrong. Noah Galvin, which is his boyfriend now, which is pretty cool. They played the same character. And it was one of the most powerful Broadway shows or shows in general that I've ever seen in my life. I am a sucker for musicals. I'm a sucker for Broadway shows. I don't know what it is. Like, I just feel like it's such a powerful thing. And the fact that you can tell so many different stories with singing and choreography and and acting is just such a cool thing and i don't know i don't care if anyone calls me a dork for it you know you got to don't knock it till you try it go see a good broadway play i've seen wicked was awesome seen dear evan hansen i feel like that's the only two i've seen i don't know maybe i'm blanking but anyway, so we saw it in Broadway two years ago. Fast forward to, I don't know, about six months ago, I saw that they announced that Dear Evan Hansen was coming to the big screen. And I'm like, wow, this is great. This is going to be awesome. They announced that Ben Platt is reprising his role as Evan Hansen in the movie. I'm like, this is even better. The role was literally made for him. Okay, when the, he workshopped the whole thing, they came to him and was like, listen, we have this character, Evan Hansen, for Dear Evan Hansen. We're building it around you. You're the perfect person. Will you do it? He's like, yes. So now they're bringing him back for the movie. 
And the first thing that we see, oh, he's too old to, be, to play Evan Hansen. He looks so old. He can't play a 17-year-old. Cancel him. Why is he in this movie? Oh, it's because his dad's the producer. His dad produced it, so he didn't, he didn't earn anything. He shouldn't be in this movie. Listen, people. First thing, one of the first lessons you should learn in this life is it's not about what you know, it's who you know. Also, you have to put in the work, but it starts with who you know. You could be the hardest working person ever. If you don't have the right contacts, you might not get there, but you have the two and you put them together. The world is your oyster, essentially. So listen, obviously his dad worked his ass off to get to where, where he is, which is a producer. I believe he produced Wicked and obviously he produced Dear Evan Hansen on, the, on Broadway. Um, and obviously he's producing Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, in the movies. So the people who are saying that he didn't earn it can go kick rocks because you have to listen, listen to this man's voice and also see his acting. And you will absolutely see he, he deserves to be Evan Hansen. It's his role. Now, the other side is also saying he's too old to be playing a 17 year old. This is where I just, I want to explode. There's so many movies where 20 something year olds are playing 17 year olds, 16 year olds. We got Grease. Grease Lightning was 16, 17 year olds played by 40 year old grown men or like 33 year old grown men, whatever. They looked like they had a mortgage and a 401k. So, all right, I get it. That was a little bit, that was a while ago. You know, we've come a long way, Frankie. We don't need these people. Okay, whatever. What about uh, that stupid show that everyone loves, Outer Banks? Again, 17-year-olds played by 25, 26, 27-year-olds. What about Julie and the Phantoms? Fucking great show, by the way. Such a good show. Everyone except Julie is like 22, 23. They're playing 16-year-olds. I understand like people could be saying right now, well, why don't we just get 16, 17 year olds to, to play that? And listen, there's a million reasons why it could be money. It could be uh, working hours. You know, you have to understand when you're a minor, you can only work like 20 hours a week. That girl, Julie from Julie and the Phantoms had to like film all of her scenes in one day or two days split into six hours because she's 16. They were like, Haha. there's laws, child labor laws, people. It infuriates me that people just can't enjoy things anymore. The Year of Hansen was a groundbreaking Broadway show. It was amazing. I think it won like three Tonys or some shit. And it's an original story. That's something we don't get anymore. It's all like refurbished, re like prequels and sequels and new cast, like West Side Stories coming out in December. That I mean, just appreciate that we have an original show. That was so successful and so powerful and so amazing. If you guys don't know the story of Dear Evan Hansen, I'll try to sum it up. There is a kid, Evan Hansen, senior year of high school. He has severe anxiety, severe depression. He's on three to four different medications. He's freaking out. He's, he's suicidal. And he has to write a letter to himself Every day, his doctor prescribed to him, you know, just write a letter to yourself. Dear Evan Hansen, today's going to be a, a, a great day, and here's why. And write it to yourself. So he's doing that. 
Then you have this kid, Connor, who's like the bully outcast type of guy, but he doesn't really have friends. Essentially, Connor finds one of his letters that he wrote. And in the letter, he writes about um, Connor's sister, who he's interested in. So Connor takes the letter. And then we find out the day later, Connor killed himself and he had the letter on him. So everyone thinks that Connor and Evan were friends and they talk to each other. And then we go through this roller coaster of emotions of Evan not telling the parents that it's really him that wrote the letter and not Connor. And then Evan finally feels acceptance. And yes, it's wrong. There's another thing. Like everyone is like bashing this movie also because they say the story is so fucked up. And it is a fucked up story, but that's what makes it so powerful. It's so real. It's something that could happen. And I'm sure has happened in the past. You know, a lot of people are going through tough times and struggles and and, and, and we're depressed and we're anxious and, and, and we feel the pressure of the world. And then we finally get a release. Or we finally find something that gives us joy. And then we finally feel accepted. And then it all goes south. You know, it, it, it all gets taken away from us. Or in this story, it gets taken away from Evan. And it's just, it, it's, it's, it's something that I, I thought was going to get more appreciated, um, on the big screen. I know it was appreciated on Broadway and it's tough. Always, it's always tough bringing a show from Broadway onto the big screen. There's always going to be problems with casting. There's always going to be problems with the songs because they have to take songs away or add new songs, which they did with Dear Evan Hansen as well. And then of course the critics, like the critics, a lot of the critics, because right now the score is like 39 on IMDb, and I'm pretty sure it's 34 on Rotten Tomatoes for just the critic side. For the everyday viewer side, I believe it's like a 6.2 or 6.1 on IMDb, and like, I think 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. But the critics, you could tell when you're going through the critic reviews that they just don't understand. They've either, ne- either never heard of Dear Evan Hansen, never saw the Broadway show, or didn't really understand the plot of it. And then when they see it on the big screen, it's very hard to digest. It's a very, I mean, I'm telling you when we, when we saw this movie in theaters, there's maybe one or two upbeat moments in this whole movie. It is a very depressing movie and it's meant to be, it's meant to be, um, an eye-opening experience. It's it's meant to pull at your at your emotions, your heartstrings, and it really does. And I was so impressed with it. it. It's so. I mean, I was I was crying like every every second song, I was crying. That's another thing I worked on. I used to be one of the guys where I'd be like, oh, I can't cry during this movie, or I'm. I'm going to suck my tears up somehow like that one guy in, uh, was it raining, raining meatballs, whatever. It's enough to make a grown man cry, but not this man. Get back in there, tear. I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. I used to be like that. And I was like, you know what, dude? I'm, uh, it's so exhausting. It's so exhausting. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm better off just letting it out. And I'm so glad I did. It's such a therapeutic thing to cry. And this movie will a thousand percent make you cry. The acting is great in it all around. Everyone is amazing, but Ben Platt, again, <laughs> insane. I will say the makeup was a little shoddy. I get why people said he looks, first of all, he does look like a 17 year old. He's like a twig and he's freaking like, like frail, but the makeup, you could tell like he has a, a, a beard, but uh, obviously he had to shave it, but you could tell they, they put fucking 
pounds of makeup on this guy felt really bad because it must have been uh, uncomfortable. And plus, the the wig was just ridiculous. I mean, it looked like little Dicky or something. So I enjoyed the movie very much. So I highly recommend going to see it. But going back to my point of movie theaters and the disrespectful people, I don't understand why people go to see a movie like Dear Evan Hansen or any movie for that matter and have to be so goddamn annoying. I mean, talking, laughing, making weird noises. Like, I don't know if I actually did that as a, as a teenager when I went to the movies. I used to just shut up and make out. And, and like, the reason why I'm shocked that it was Dear Evan Hansen is because it's such a like a real deep movie. It's like, why did a bunch of teenagers come here to like fuck shit up for everybody else? Like go see, I don't know. I don't even know what's out right now. Go see Paw Patrol. No, never mind. It's a bunch of other kids crying over that movie. Just go see something else or that, you know, I, and I'm sure people are like, well, why don't you just fucking stay home, Frankie? I would have, I would love to have watched the movie in the comfort of my own home. I was an advocate of bring movies to us, okay? If you want to release it in the theater, go ahead. But give us the option to buy the motherfucking movie on our TVs. And I will do that all day long. Now, I know Sean Sharkey, my co-host of Chummy for Sharks, disagrees with me and says the movie experience is the only experience. And I agree to some extent. I mean, especially for an action movie like, you know, Avengers and shit. You got the soundtrack bumping. You got the amazing loud fucking bass. You know, obviously the crystal clear um, screen. Like, I get it. You want to do that? Go ahead. But I prefer to watch my shit at home in my underwear or PJs and just enjoy whatever food I want. If I have to get up to pee, guess what? I'm not worried about missing anything. Pause. Go take a piss. Come back. We're ready to go. That's, ah, it's like freedom. It's freedom. So the movie experience was eh. The movie was uh, so good. Definitely go see it if you want to cry. Definitely go see it if you want something original. Definitely go see it if you like musicals. Definitely go see it if you like Ben Platt. If you don't know who Ben Platt is, go check him out. The dude is insane. One of the coolest dudes, one of the best voices, can act his ass off. And apparently he's canceled. Yay! Like how? He's canceled now because he's too old to play a teenager in a movie and everyone under the fucking sun has done that already. This world is fucked. I think we all know that, but it's so fucked. We're worried about the dumbest shit in the world. Just sit down, shut up, and enjoy a movie. Please, for the love of God. Oh, man. Giving me agita. Anyway, let's move on to the next topic of discussion, which is also going to be another heated one. (sighs) A couple weeks ago, I think it was a couple weeks ago, the Emmys were on. Now, the Emmys, I don't know anything about award shows, to be completely honest. I know there's the Tonys, which was also on last week. That was an absolute train wreck. Um, That's for Broadway. You got the Oscars, which is the award show that likes to snub Leonardo DiCaprio every year. You have the 
VMAs, which no one watches, not a single soul watches the VMAs. The, 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 the biggest news story out of that was Conor McGregor and Machine Gun Kelly almost fighting on the red carpet. Like, okay, we're living in a simulation. Let's see what the Emmys are for. Okay. Excellence in the television industry. So TV shows, and that's about it. So the Emmys were on two weeks ago, and I'm pretty sure they were in L.A., and I was flipping through the channels, and I see it. I see it on the screen, and I'm like, something's weird. Something's off here, and then I then it clicked. Why the fuck does no one have a mask on? Because last time I checked, especially in L.A., you got to wear your mask especially indoors, okay? Now, I don't know how many people go to this event. I would assume 500 to 1,000 people. And there's no social distancing. There's no masks. I'm sorry, did I did I miss an announcement that, that COVID's over? Now, before you guys freak out on me, I believe COVID's real. I believe in wearing masks and I believe in vaccinations, okay? That's my opinion. Whatever. Your opinion, I don't care. It's your life. But what I don't like is when one side will say something and rile up the other side and say, you guys are are fucking shit up. But then you don't lead by example. Like that's genuinely annoying to me. Just because, now listen, people could argue, well, everyone's vaccinated, right? You had to show your vaccine card at the door, whatever. Or everyone's um, also showed a negative COVID test, whatever. I get that. I get it. But then when you're saying to go to a restaurant or to go to, I don't know, a show, you have to show proof of vaccination, a negative test, and then wear your mask. Just because they're celebrities shouldn't mean that they're exempt from this rule it goes back to like the whole money is the root of all evil and money controls everything it really is it's like such a fuck you it's like yeah because we're higher up on the totem pole than you guys and we have money and you know everything revolves around us we don't really need to go by that rule you know or like bending the rules to fit your narrative it's like it's just so fucking annoying it's like why can't it's like treat everyone the same or fucking then just make up your make up separate rules and everything will just go to shit. Because we're still in a pandemic. We're still, you know, rolling out vaccines. We're still doing the mask things. First they're gone. Now they're kind of back. Now it's kind of up in the air, whatever. But again, specifically for LA, because that's where the Emmys were. I'm pretty sure in LA, it's just like New York City. You got to show your vaccine card or whatever, a negative test to go anywhere. And you have to wear your mask indoors. Like that's just it. Now, if the Emmys was in the fucking Superdome or whatever with the open top, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. But you're inside a fucking theater and you got 500 to 1,000 people all rubbing up on each other. Probably Queen Latifah fucking hugging, I don't know, Jimmy Fallon. And no masks. It's just such bullshit. And I really shouldn't care about it because, again, I don't care about a lot of things. I try to just like put these blinders on and live my life and not worry about other bullshit. But when you scroll through TV like that and you see it, it just makes you realize like Hollywood doesn't give a fuck about us or anybody. They just think, okay, we're famous. We have money. 
We're celebrating. All those rules are for the peasants down below. We're just, I'm Queen Latifah. I don't need to wear no mask. Well, then fuck it. No one does. You can't have your cake and eat it too. But again, I'm not anti-vax. I'm not anti-mask. I believe in science. I think, I think things work, you know? And it's, it's not even about like, it's not even about pushing a political agenda on agenda on people. It's just being smart and considerate, you know, like just be like, Hey, you know what? This might be a bad look if we're all in here, not wearing it because we're preaching to everybody, wear your mask, wear your mask, wear your mask, get vaccinated, get vaccinated, get vaccinated. Right. It just, it just shows that you guys at least have some fucking sense of reality. Everyone is going through some shit right now. And then you guys are going to have a big ass fucking award show party and just be like, yeah, but we're not going to wear it because we don't really need to. And I think when they asked them, they said, oh, everyone was vaccinated. Which is not true. Definitely not true. But even if it was true, then that should mean that everywhere across America, LA, New York City, in the middle of bumblefuck Tennessee, who cares? When you go to a place and you show your vaccine card and they let you in, you shouldn't have to wear a mask no matter what then. That should be the rule. It's not exemption from Queen Latifah and fucking Jimmy Fallon. I don't know why I keep saying Queen Latifah and Jimmy Fallon. They're just the first people that pop in my head, but I'm sure they were there. Actually, I know they were there. I know Queen Latifah was there. What is Queen Latifah doing now? I'm a fan of hers, to be honest. She's great. She was great in Chicago. Another great musical that you guys should see. What was it? Uh, Renee Zellweger? Ugh. Catherine Zeta-Jones? Ooh. Fire. Anyway, so the Emmys really riled me the fuck up because it's just such a slap in the face to us. Like, we're just a bunch of fucking idiots. And also, it makes the the... It makes the people who are pro-vax, pro-mask, whatever, science, look bad. It's like everyone on the other side is like, look at your team, dude. Look at your fucking team. They're not practicing what, what they preach. It's, it, and it makes everyone else look stupid. I don't know, man. I hate Hollywood. I don't hate Hollywood. I just hate that... Different rules apply to Hollywood. It's really just ridiculous. Anyway, now that my now that my blood pressure is through the roof, we're gonna end the episode with a what's going on in America. Breaking news. Oh yeah. We brought it back, people. What's going on in America? This is a segment on the show where you guys can either send me one of the crazy news stories that's going on in America, or I will find one and we will discuss it. And today, you know I had to bring in this one, partly because the Red Rum Den influenced me, but also because I kind of wanted to give my thoughts on it. It's the missing Gabby Petito, Petito, sorry, Gabby Petito case. Um, and obviously they found her 
unfortunately. Um, they found her remains. And now the hunt for her boyfriend, uh, Brian Laundry, is going on. And they're trying to find him. Now, I found an article that just blew me away. They've been looking, I believe, for a couple weeks now. And, you know, they really weren't getting anywhere. The FBI couldn't really find any leads. The police couldn't find any leads. And it was just looking like this Brian guy might just be able to roam free and never be found. He might have, you know, fled to Mexico or Canada. Who knows? Hopefully he has his vaccine card so he can get in. But then I saw this. What Brian Laundrie was doing after he returned to Florida without Gabby Petito. Here we go. North Point, Florida. There's new information on what Brian Laundrie was doing in the days before Gabby Petito was reported missing when he returned home from their cross-country road trip without her. Reality TV star Dwayne Chapman, better known as Dog the Bounty Hunter, has now joined the search for laundry. So, Dog the Bounty Hunter, one of the most badass, batshit crazy dudes out of Hawaii, long hair, don't care, sunglass wearing, braids down the side, psycho, not psycho, but crazy man, is looking for Brian Laundry. Now, the funniest thing so far is that he's close. At least he says he's close. So, him and his team, they went down to Florida. I saw a video. He was knocking on the parents' doors, uh, Brian's parents' doors, for like hours. Just knocking. The dude was relentless. He's just... Every like five minutes, just... And no one's coming out. I mean, even if the parents were there, they're not coming out, dude. One, their son is a suspect in one of the most, uh, I don't know, known about missing persons case that they just found the body. And two, your dog, the bounty hunter. You imagine you're just sitting watching TV and all of a sudden, you're like looking out the window. Like, who the fuck is that? And all of a sudden you see this lion's mane of blonde hair down the back with the sunglasses on. And he's like, I'm looking for your son. Sorry, buddy. No one's home. Fucking close the blinds. Hell no. Lock the door. Turn the lights off. I don't know why the whistle. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't make a sound. I can't make a sound of a light switch. Sure, that works. So he's now on the hunt. And now when, when he spoke to, I believe he spoke to uh, ABC. He said that he's close. He's closing in on him. Now, I really would like to believe that he's not saying this to get attention again. Um, I know he's kind of laid low since I believe his wife passed away, who was his partner. And uh, he found a new lover who he's he's obsessed with and he loves to death. I know this because he was on Theo Vaughn's podcast, I believe. So I don't know if he's coming out of retirement for this. I don't know if he is just doing this out of the goodness of his heart or he saw that the FBI is really fumbling the ball and the police aren't doing shit. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to find this motherfucker because he deserves to rot in hell. Now, as far as what I believe... Um, I am assuming that he did murder Gabby. Um, there's a lot of speculation that there was two bodies found in the, uh, in the park where they were. 
Um, and maybe Gabby was freaking out because maybe they did kill those two people. And then he was like, you know what? I can't have you freaking out. And maybe he killed her. I don't know. Um, I do think, though, that if he is still alive, which apparently he is because a couple weeks ago or last week, he went on Instagram live by accident and it showed a creek like with running water for two seconds and then he turned it off. So I would assume he's still alive. Um, but I would assume if he is running that he probably did do it. And if he's running, what scares him the most is that I would assume that he's also going to kill again because my thought process is if I killed my girlfriend of however many years, I'm freaking the fuck out. Like, oh my God, what did I just do? I can't believe I just did that. And then you start to realize like, okay, well now they're going to find her body eventually. Then they're going to link it to me and they're going to come after me. And then I'm going to go to jail forever or get the death penalty. I don't know. So he must be freaking out. So he's on the run. And if he keeps running into people, people might recognize him or he might just be like, I'm just going to take other people down on my way because eventually I'm going down. And that's what scares me because if you're able to murder somebody, if you have the capability of taking a life, then you are not in the right headspace and you are, uh, I mean, you're, you're just a, a danger to society. There's no other way to put it. So I'm truly hoping that Dog the Bounty Hunter or whoever finds this kid and bring him in and get him alive so that he can, if they do, if, if proven guilty, he can um, pay the price, serve the sentence. Um, it's just, it's a very sad, it's a very sad thing um, that this happened. Um, I was really rooting for them to find her alive. I think everyone was, but, um, it's just a very scary thing to realize that that's still going on and stuff like that happens in today's world. Like that's something that you would think happened back in the eighties, seventies, sixties, when there was no technology, whatever. Now everything's tracked. Everyone knows everything. So like, you wouldn't really think that stuff like that would happen, but it also confuses me because Everything is tracked. It's 2021. There's cameras everywhere. There's there's chips in our phones. There's GPSs in cars. Like, how have they not found him yet? Especially if he does have a phone that he went live on Instagram with for two seconds. And yeah, of course, he could throw the phone in the creek and run away or whatever. I don't know. But it just is a weird, interesting story that has just gotten even more interesting because Dog the Bounty Hunter is in on it now. And I believe that Dog the Bounty Hunter will find this motherfucker. I really do. Because this dude ain't coming out of retirement for nothing. All right? He's like Floyd Mayweather. He's coming out of retirement. He's going to beat your ass. And then he's going to go back into retirement. <laughs> That's my thoughts on it. Uh, I, I Again, I hope they find him. I hope the dude rots in jail if he did do it. And that is what's going on in America. That song actually slaps. I like that song a lot. Oh, man. Well, listen, we're at the 44-minute mark. I know it's kind of a shorter episode, but I kind of like keeping them condensed now. Um, I don't want to hold you guys too long. If you made it this far, I really, really, truly appreciate you guys hanging out with me today, whether you're listening or watching. It really means the world to me. 
Um, thank you guys for all your support for the two new shows, Red Rum Den and Jocks of All Trades. Uh, if you guys enjoy those shows, if you enjoy this, enjoy this show, enjoy hanging out with me, please consider subscribing, commenting, sharing to anyone you know, um, liking, and just follow along. You know, we, I, I plan on growing the Fraud Pod Studios into something really, really big, and I want to bring everyone along with me. Um, and it just means the world to me. This is my, this is my brainchild. So, um, if you guys like, you can follow Fraud Pod Studios on Instagram at Fraud Pod Studios. You can follow me on Instagram, Frankie Fraud. You can follow the Red Rum Den at the Red Rum Den on Instagram. You can follow Jocks of All Trades at Jocks of All Trades on Instagram. And be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Fraud Pod Studios. It means the world to me. Love you guys. Thank you for hanging out with me. And I'll see you in the next episode.